We're Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. I'd like to start off this morning by reading the Christmas story from Luke's Gospel in chapter 2. It's a fairly lengthy piece of scripture, but I would love just to read this uh, over us this morning. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and, and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they, when they, had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, they, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. <clears throat> But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. If you've ever bought one of those Christmas scenes that go on top of your fireplace, like the one that we've bought, it often includes the same people in every single scene, whether it's on a Christmas card or an advent calendar. There's Joseph and Mary and, of course, Jesus. There's the, there's the wise men and shepherds and often angels. And, all, and often there are a few little animals that join the scene But often what happens when we read or remember the Christmas story, we tend to overlook or we tend to forget certain people in the Christmas story. We often overlook the fact that Jesus, uh, sorry, the fact that Matthew included over 40 people in the genealogy of Jesus as he was setting context for for Jesus' birth. And we often tend to overlook the fact that Luke included the story of Zechariah and and Elizabeth who were trusting to have their own child, as well as Simeon, an old man who had been given a promise from God and was waiting his entire life for that promise to be fulfilled. 
as well as, 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 well as Anna, an 84-year-old prophet who day by day was fasting and praying for the coming Messiah of, uh, from the Lord. And as we tend to overlook them, I can't help but suspect that's perhaps how some of us feel as we approach Christmas and the end of a year which has been full of endless challenges. I suspect many of us feel forgotten and feel overlooked. We read verses like the verse in Matthew chapter 1, which tells us that Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And, and we know that to be true. We know that to be true certainly for others, but we can't help but wonder, is God with me? But in writing their Christmas story, Matthew and Luke in particular, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, want us to know that the birth of Jesus and the Christmas story affects ordinary people like Simeon and Anna and you and me. Is God with us? Absolutely. But God is also with you and God is also with me, which is why the Christmas story and the good news of the gospel is such a message, is a message of such profound hope. I want to continue reading from Luke chapter 2. This time we're going to be reading from verse 22 onwards and we're going to read about Simeon and Anna. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is a messianic title. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had, been it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The father's child and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe Asher, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I think sometimes it can be very difficult to put ourselves in the shoes of some of the people that we read about in the Bible. I think it's hard to imagine what it was like for Mary to hear from an archangel, from the angel Gabriel, that she was to supernaturally conceive and carry and ultimately give birth to the Son of God. It also must have been incredibly, incredibly hard to imagine what Joseph must have felt like knowing that his fiancée was pregnant, yet she claimed to have never slept with anybody. 
And it was also, it's also probably hard to even imagine what it was like for the shepherds to encounter this incredible choir of angels while they were working the night shift. Although I'm pretty sure all of us would love to be in their shoes. But I think every single one of us watching this morning knows what it's like to be promised something and then to have to wait for what feels like forever until that promise is fulfilled. And by forever, I'm not meaning a two or three days after an Amazon delivery when you thought you could get it on the same day. That's what happened to me just a couple days ago. I was looking for something to order on Amazon and it promised a same day delivery The mistake that I made was I waited an hour or two before I ordered it. And when I went back to order it, I noticed delivery was pushed back to three days. I was was actually upset until Debs helped me realize what I was actually being upset about. What I mean by forever is years, perhaps even decades, for some even a lifetime. Anyone who follows Jesus and is watching this morning knows what it's like to have God give us a promise and then have to wait for that promise to be fulfilled. Hebrews chapter 6 tells us that it is by faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. And if we're honest, I think we get the, the, the faith part, but the patience part is very hard for us. While we wait... We should be worshiping God. Instead, most of us, including myself at times, while we wait, we begin to wonder about God. Wonder if God will do the thing that he said he would do. It causes us at times to feel overlooked and uncertain. Perhaps to feel forgotten and full of questions. When, when we hear of someone who has had a baby, maybe a friend or a family m- member, we are full of questions ourselves. How was, the, how was the baby's delivery? How big is the baby? Is it a boy or is it a girl? When, when was she born? What, was her, what is her name? What color are her eyes? Who does she look like? And new parents know the answer to those questions. But as your child or children begin to grow, those, quest, those certainties begin to turn into uncertainties. What will they feel like on their first day of school? Will they find friends? Will they be able to cope on their first day of school? Will they go to college? What college will they go to? Can I even afford to send them to college? When you're raising children, there's far too many questions about college. Will they remain single or will they marry? Will they have children? Will they come to know Jesus? So many questions and so much uncertainty. The passage that we just read tells of a man, Simeon, whose questions about a baby's future were immediately answered the moment he laid eyes on him. Tells us that Simeon received a promise from God, a promise that he would see the promised Messiah before he passed away, before Simeon died. We are told that Simeon was righteous and devout. He was a, a passionate worshiper of the Lord and the spirit of God was upon him. And I'm pretty sure there was this constant sense of hope and expectation for God to fulfill the thing that he had spoken over him. We all know what that's like, don't we? To have that sense of hope and expectation to, 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 to wait eagerly for God to fulfill his promise. But as Simeon waited, as as days turned into weeks and weeks, months and months, years, there's no doubt that in the midst of this hope and expectation that questions and uncertainty 
began to manifest. I say no doubt because like each of us, Simeon's faith wasn't perfect. Only Jesus's faith is perfect. While Simeon waited, he must have wondered, when is he coming? Who is this Messiah? How will I know? How long will it take? Why so long? Will God do the very thing that he said he would do? I suspect that Simeon, like us, at times began to feel overlooked and uncertain, forgotten and perhaps full of questions. But the moment Simeon laid his eyes upon Jesus, at that very moment, his questions were answered. And he, and he knew in that very moment that God had not forgotten him and had not forgotten his promises. Look at verse 29. Simeon cries out, Sovereign Lord, just as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And right there, Simeon reveals three things about Jesus. Firstly, that Jesus is salvation. He is salvation. It is in Jesus that salvation is available for all who believe in him. I've been doing a study of the book of Romans in my devotions, and and I've found myself poring over Romans chapter 3 in particular. In the first two and a half chapters of the book of Romans, we are told essentially that everyone falls short of the glory of God. But verse 21 and and, and 22 of Romans chapter 3 says this, but now... But now the righteousness of God is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Essentially what Paul is telling us through those verses is that by trusting in Jesus, we are clothed with the righteousness of Jesus as if we were Jesus himself. And we must remember that it is Jesus who saves, not our faith. Our faith is simply the vehicle or the means by which we reach out and receive that which God wants to give us. If you are watching today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I implore you, I exhort you, I encourage you, reach out by faith and receive the gift that is available to you, the gift of salvation that comes in and through the person of Jesus Christ. He is salvation. Secondly, he is light. Jesus brings revelation. Jesus brings understanding. Jesus brings illumination of God and his plans and purposes for all nations and for all generations, but also his plans and purposes for me and for you. Jesus reveals God's promises, God's purposes, God's plan and God's power. Jesus is salvation. Jesus is light. But Jesus is also glory. Jesus is the glory of God in a diaper. The glory of God who spoke, let there be at the beginning of the, of the creation of the world. And there was the glory of God that was revealed to Moses through a burning bush and a, 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 a mountain that, that shook and trembled. The glory of God that was revealed to Isaiah as he saw the throne room of God with with, uh, angels of light and fire circling the throne declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That glory now contained within a six-week-old baby that is being held in Simeon's arms. God Almighty, God altogether other, but in Jesus accessible and relatable and with us. 
Simeon's name means God has heard. Some of you need to hear that. God has heard. You are not overlooked. God has not forgotten you. The times that you've cried out to God in prayer where you've shared your heart with him, perhaps you haven't vocalized it to others, but you've given voice to the deep cry of your heart. You need to hear this morning that God has heard and that you are not overlooked. But God hasn't just heard. He has also shown us grace and mercy. That's what the prophet Anna's name means, who we are introduced to in verse 36. In Jesus, Simeon and Anna come together. In Jesus, God has heard and shows us grace and mercy. How do we know that God has not overlooked or forgotten us? Because he has lavished his grace and his mercy and his favor upon us through his son, Jesus. And if some questions remain unanswered, the ultimate question has been answered. Am I loved by God? Absolutely. Because God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came as a redeemer. Look at verse 38. He came as the redeemer of, of all who would put their faith in him to, to, uh, to pay the price for sin and for separation and to defeat the enemy. But he's also the consolation of Israel. Look at verse 25. That word consolation means the comforter. It's the exact same word that is used to describe the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the comforter. Jesus is our encourager. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus is the one who will ensure that the promises of God will come to pass. It doesn't mean that our, promise, that, that our troubles or difficulties will disappear, but it does mean that Jesus is always with us, providing strength to overcome giving us a, a depth of relationship and satisfaction in him that trumps anything that the world will try to offer us and providing everything we need to enjoy and experience the fullness of God, no matter what you are going through. God has not forgotten you. God will never fail you. He is faithful to his word and he will fulfill all his promises and finish the work that he has started in us. He wants us to live in and under the fullness of the spirit and in him he will ensure that we live in the fruitfulness of his plans and purposes. Are you feeling overlooked and uncertain? Are you feeling forgotten? And full of questions, my exhortation to you today, my exhortation to you this entire Christmas season is for you to fix your eyes on Jesus. If, if Simeon were with me today, I'm pretty sure that's what he would be telling us to do this Christmas, to fix our eyes on Jesus. Is God with us? Yes. But is God with you? To which I answer, without a doubt, in and through the person of Jesus, you are not forgotten. You have not been overlooked. That's why this message of the, the, the story of Christmas and the good news of the, of the gospel is a message of such profound hope. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your plan and purpose for us. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus into the world to, to live as one of us and to experience everything you, we would experience. We thank you, Lord God, this beautiful picture of Simeon and Anna coming together at the birth of Jesus, this coming together in Jesus of the fact that you have heard 
but also you shower us with grace and mercy. And I pray for your strength, for your closeness, for your nearness to, point, to be upon each and every one of us as we are listening and responding to this prayer this morning, that we would know, Lord, that you have heard our cry and that we would know, Lord God, that you have showered grace and mercy upon us. We thank you, Lord, that we are not overlooked. We thank you, Lord, that we are not forgotten. We thank you, Lord, that your plan and purpose for us, those promises that are still to be fulfilled, have not been swept away and forgotten. But, Lord God, you are waiting for the perfect time to fulfill those plans. And I pray that we would rest secure and sure on that promise throughout this Christmas season. For those who do not know you, Lord God, for those who do not know you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open their eyes to the truth of who you are. And right now in this place, they would respond to the gift of you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. May you bless us. May you watch over us. May we know that you are always with us, just as you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.